So it's Pride Month. I thought before the month is over, I should probably take a little bit of time to talk about what the Bible says about pride. You know, the Bible says that pride is a sin not to be taken lightly. Proverbs 8, 13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, perverse speech. Proverbs 16, 18, pride comes before destruction, an arrogant spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23, a person's pride will humble him, but a humble spirit will gain honor. Proverbs 16, 7 tells us that God hates seven things. At the top of the list, arrogant eyes. James 4, 6 says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's Pride Month. Now, I understand why the LGBTQ community celebrates Pride Month. Originally, it was called Gay Pride. Pride it traces its roots to a series of violent confrontations that began in the early hours of June 28, 1969, between police and gay rights activists outside a homosexual bar in Greenwich Village in New York City at a place called the Stonewall Inn. Before the Stonewall riots, homosexuals had not typically uh, boasted of their sexual orientation. However, a year after those riots, on the first anniversary of the riots, a few hundred people demonstrated down Christopher Street in Greenwich Village, which took them past the Stonewall Bar. This became known as the first Gay Pride March. Now, the idea behind Gay Pride is being proud of being out of the closet no longer being ashamed of what the Bible would call sin. Just the opposite. They are going to boast in their homosexual lifestyles. Now, those are the roots of Pride Month. Now, I know the idea that is that, you know, um, that when people are ashamed, it leads to depression and, and feeling oppressed. And now pride is going to lead them to feeling free and liberated and joyful, thus gay pride. But some, and, and I know that some will object to me talking about this. They'll say, well, isn't there healthy pride? Can't this just be healthy pride? Galatians 4.16, the apostle Paul writes, never May it never be that I boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Second Corinthians 12, Paul says, I will not boast except in regard to my weakness. The Bible argues that no, there is no pride apart from being proud of what God has done, being having a healthy sense of of, of, of being proud in God and confident in God and in his blessings. Um, and it's really hard to argue that gay pride is boasting in Christ. What does the Bible say about pride? Again, one of the things that amazes me is the number of Christians who are soft on homosexuality and it doesn't occur to them that there's an entire month now in the United States dedicated to pride, which is an evil that God hates. 
pride itself. Proverbs 18.3 says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride. Again, James 4.6 reminds us that there are two kinds of people in the world. They're the kind of people that God exalts and the kind of people that God opposes. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be opposed to God or do you want to be exalted by God? Do you want God's grace? Well, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Isn't it kind of sad we don't have a humble month in the United States? But throughout the centuries, Christians have understood that pride is not just evil. It is the mother of all evils. You know, at one point they would call it one of the seven deadly sins. C.S. Lewis has written about it classically in Mere Christianity. He says, according to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. Pride. And yet we live in it. I mean, it's just like this entire month is Pride Month. You can't, uh, corporations are celebrating Pride Month. You go to the baseball games, it's Pride Month. It's all this pride, pride, pride. And as a, as, as a Christian, there's something within me that's just like, oh, how sad, how pathetic. This is a month where we ought to be weeping and, 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 and repenting. Not rejoicing. I, I would encourage you to read Rosaria Butterfield's writings about coming to Christ. Um, she was a militant leftist. She would call herself a, a, you know, a militant leftist homosexual advocate. She was one who campaigned. She was, uh, and she was one who marched. Um, she said, though, that after she came to Christ, one of the most remarkable experiences for her was going through her closet, throwing out all of her pride material. She said the irony was not lost on her, that coming to Christ, the coincidence was not lost on her, that coming to Christ meant throwing away pride, 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 every vestige of pride to humble herself before Christ. I will include a YouTube video um, connection that you can make if you want to listen to uh, Rosary share her story. Um, it's just a powerful story. C.S. Lewis calling pride the mother of sins may sound a bit like hyperbole, but he's not alone in that assessment. Augustine and Aquinas, two of the great thinking leaders, thought leaders in Christian history called pride the root of sin. Calvin and Luther and many others have joined in that assessment that pride is not only a great sin, but it is the sin that gives birth to all other sins. And as we've said, as C.S. Lewis said, it is the sin that got Satan thrown out of heaven. That's how evil it is. Again, we look at Pride Month, and I want for us to think, this is what Satan got, this is what got Satan thrown out of heaven. 
it is in the core of pride, one of the expressions of pride is, I don't like how God has ordered the world, and therefore I'm going to rebel against that. That's Satan's pride. The Old Testament prophets Ezekiel and Isaiah tell us that Satan was the morning star, that he walked on God's holy mountain, that he was among the highest ranked of God's heavenly beings, that he was beautiful. The scripture called him blameless in all ways, that he was the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15. However, that wasn't good enough for Lucifer. He wasn't satisfied with God's order in the universe. He wasn't satisfied with God's um, positioning of things. And so like a petulant child ever complaining unfair, Lucifer protested these inequities of heaven. Unwilling to take the heart of a servant and to serve as he had been made to serve, in pride, he felt entitled to more. More glory, more prominence, more power. And so he gathered an army of angels to parade with him to plot against heaven. In pride, they rebelled. And as punishment for his pride, God cast Lucifer and his angels out of heaven. They are now the armies of the fallen angels here on earth, awaiting eternal judgment in hell. Pride is no small thing to dabble in. Um, rebelling against God's order in the world. And how has God ordered the world? Man, woman, husband, wife. Sex made for marriage between a husband and a wife. See, the Bible recognizes that pride is the most lethal of all sins because it destroys. It destroys our hearts. It destroys our relationships with God, with each other. Pride destroyed Satan. And now pride is Satan's most effective device to destroy human beings today. And so when you see Pride Month, again, the point is not for us to become judgmental. The point is not for us to get angry at people. But please, I, I mean, I hope you understand that this is a celebration of all that God would call destructive, that all that God would say Satan is going to use to tear people apart, to tear down relationships. Pride is what got Adam and Eve thrown out of the garden. In pride, they questioned God. Did God really say? In pride, they perverted God's truth calling good evil and evil good. He did not say you would die. Did he really say you will die? You will not die. In fact, God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 5. Did God really say that sex is between a man and a woman? Did God really say that sex is for marriage? I mean, did God really say that sex between same sex is wrong. I mean, if it feels like love, how could it not be love? Now, Jesus adds very clearly, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. God's commandments on the order of the world and society and family and sexuality is very clear. But Satan comes and in pride whispers, did God really say? 
hey, you can be like God. You can write your own rules. You can make it your way. You can define love according to your own voice, according to your own feelings. Pride is what causes us to see God as smaller and smaller and ourselves as larger and larger. Pride shifts the center of gravity away from God and his word and his truth and his authority and onto ourselves. And so we become the center of the world. And God is ushered off to the periphery. I may pick up on this later and talk about the effects of pride in the people of Israel. But now would you just hear God say in James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Do you sense God is resisting you or giving you grace? God, it's been said God resists the proud because the proud resist God. The proud don't get grace because the, the proud are fighting God. They're not cooperating with him. God resists the proud because pride destroys relationships. And God wants relationships to be harmonious. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter of the Bible. Verse 4 says, love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy. It is, does not boast. It is not arrogant. The proud person is too selfish, too self-centered to be patient. Too self-absorbed to consider others' feelings and to be kind. The proud person feeds envy because pride feels wronged if somebody else has more. Love does not envy. Pride does. Top of all that, pride loves, lacks self-awareness. Pride never confesses sins. It boasts because pride is self-righteous and superior. It never repents. It never feels a need to ask forgiveness from God or from others. So it never makes peace with God saying, I'm wrong. God, you are right. It says, God, I'm right. And I'm going to reinterpret what you say to agree with what I feel. Pride never makes peace with others. Pride prevents sincere apologies. Billy Graham once said it like this. When pride controls our lives, we end up thinking that we are better than anybody else. Prideful people are also, also have little love or compassion for others and are only interested in themselves. Most of all, a prideful person thinks that they have little need for God, believing their way is always best. This is why pride is the root of almost every other sin, because we think we can ignore God's way. Whenever people justify doing away with God, is what God has clearly said. It's pride. It's Satan. Did God really say? Billy Ram concludes, no wonder the Bible says the Lord detests all the proud of heart. So today, let's look at your relationships. Let's look at mine. How is pride impacting your relationships? Satan refused to serve. He gets booted out of heaven. Jesus chose to serve. He came from heaven to earth to live as a servant, to die for us so we might have a right relationship with God, so we might be reconciled with God. And therefore, because he has reconciled us with God, what does God say? You be reconciled to God and you be God's ambassador 
bring reconciliation with others. If you and I are more like Jesus, we're going to serve. If we're like Satan, we're going to be proud. If we're like Jesus, God's going to lift us up. If we're proud, he'll oppose us. What does it look like for us to receive God's grace and humility? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you give grace to the humble, and so we want to humble ourselves before you. And even in saying that, Lord, we recognize that not only do we see what is proud in us, but we also realize that our, we also admit that our pride blinds us of seeing our pride. Our pride blinds us from seeing how we are really not like Christ, how we're not servants. And so, Lord, we thank you for your grace, and we don't want to be opposed to you. We don't want you to oppose to us, be opposed to us. And so we humble ourselves before you, saying, help. We desperately need you in every way. May we be reconciled to you through Christ. May we be like Christ, reconciling others to you as well. Through Christ, I pray. Amen. Hope to see you soon. Let's pray for each other.